Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Continuing this series, uh, Undistractable. Undistractable. And now why, why is that an important topic um, That's why, because we get distracted sometimes. <laughs> and it's important for us to focus in and dial in, especially as we start this year, right? We are starting January. It's probably a good idea. Let's dial in on Jesus. Let's focus in on what is important so that we can pursue this year whatever it needs to look like. So that's what we're going to do. Now, one of the best ways I think to do that is through worship. Um, and we've been talking about that this month. Uh, music has power, and we're using a song af- at the end of every message, and we'll do that again today. Um, Pastor Monica started off with altar call, uh, was the song she used, and talking about laying down our lives before Jesus, giving God your yes. Uh, last week, uh, Jeremy talked about beauty and the holiness of God and how worship is about awe and fear of God and surrender. And today, I want to talk about worship is war. Can you say that? Worship is war. Oh, we have a good song later that is just going to punch the devil in the face so hard. And I cannot wait. You guys. Uh, last year, I shared a message uh, called Shut the Door, Keep Out the Devil, just talking about the spiritual battles we face. Uh, because it's a real thing. And not everybody recognizes it or realizes it, but we are in a spiritual battle where God is at work you know, uh, fighting against the enemy who is coming for our soul, and there's always a battle happening for our soul and, and for our focus and our attention. And man, I just recognize there's a real, very real enemy, and I hate the devil so much I made this shirt for today. I don't know if you can see this. I like camera, I don't know, whatever, but there's the devil punching, or someone punching the devil, and then shut up devil. So I just, that's what's going to happen today. I just know it. I'm just tired of the enemy's influence, and uh, I recognize the need to fight back. Now, not in the sense of giving him attention and more attention than he deserves, but rather to fight back um, and get victory in our lives. I think one of the best ways is through worship. I think when we fix our eyes on God through worship, there is power. And worship is a central theme of, in the Bible. Uh, it talks about honoring God, and, uh, you know, we, we honor God, and we can often do it through song. I mean, we talked about psalms already, psalms, 150 uh, songs written to honor God and to talk to Him and to lament what we're going through and things like that. And so we have a rich history of thousands of years of worshiping God for what He's done, for what He's doing now, and for what He's going to do. The book of Acts says that the early church gathered regularly to worship. And if you are a Christ follower, then you are a part of this family that has been around a long time, and you have been given a rich heritage of worship. And that's really beautiful. And there's many ways that we can worship. Uh, baptism is a fantastic way to honor God. And for those today that are getting baptized, you are, you are expressing worship to God. You are honoring Him. You're putting Him first. You're, you're fixing your focus and attention on Him. You're surrendering to Him. And if you uh, have not been baptized, you can jump up today. We got all the stuff you're going to need at the end. I'll dismiss later, but I just want to encourage you. Seriously, you could jump up and just be like, today is my day. I need to do it. 
God loves responses I got to, and you'd be welcome to it. We got everything you need, changes of clothes, all that stuff. We would love that, uh, especially if you haven't been baptized. If you've been a Christian a long time, you haven't been baptized, I don't know. There's just no real good excuse, but we, it's an important, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say it. I just like, just do it. Just do it. You need it. It is an important response to following Jesus. I really believe that. Anyways, baptism, communion is another way we can through worship. Uh, reading and teaching a scripture, praying together, our tithes and our offerings, showing hospitality to others is worship to God, and singing spiritual songs is worship. Now, the word worship in the Bible has many translations uh, in the languages it's written in, Hebrew and Greek, and uh, many, many, it means many things. And some examples, it means to praise and to celebrate the positive attributes or the actions of someone. It's a praise song of adoration to God alone. It's drawing near or approaching to lift up and exalt, to sing and play an instrument, to glorify through the way we live, to bless, uh, showing gratitude to God, uh, to bow in respect as an outward action in worship, which corresponds to an inward disposition. So worship doesn't just mean the second song in the set list that's slower than the faster one, okay? Like, it's not just, that's a worship song, right? Like, worship is a lot of things, but it is one of the greatest ways that we can express um, our love, our gratitude, our devotion, our dependence on God. An outward action that corresponds to an inward disposition. So if you're new to faith, or you're here as a guest, and you're not sure, all that, I want to just let you know, true Jesus followers, man, we are all in. That doesn't mean that we're perfect and we get all right. I'm, I'm always still working on ways. How do I continue to surrender? How do I continue to find another way to give to God? But we, we want to be all in. Our hearts are all in on following Jesus. We don't just like Jesus or sprinkle him on our current life. We surrender our lives and we put on his life. It's dramatic. It seems a bit extreme. It is. He isn't our, just our buddy or a role model or a wise sage. He is our king. He is our Lord. He is our master. He is our life source. He is all of these things. And so we, we don't just casually approach him. We worship our God. We worship him with hands raised in song. We worship him in the way we live and treat other people. We worship him daily. And the purpose of worship is to recenter ourselves on God. And worship is a gift from the Father, who, by the way, does not need an ego boost. Okay, God is not like, can you guys just please worship me? I'm having a hard day. <sighs> can you remind me again how awesome I am, please? Because I just keep forgetting. I don't know why he's talking like that. But um, <laughs> God does not need our worship. We need, we need to worship God. God is doing fine. We're the ones with all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to look at an Old Testament historical battle, okay, which may seem irrelevant to the topic, but I want you to watch for the strange method that they use in order to win the battle. And it doesn't matter if you've ever read this historical account or if the names and places seem weird or unpronounceable, that's fine. I do believe the Bible is true. I believe that this is a true account which shows us a picture of God and his relationship to us. So we're going to look at in 2 Chronicles, and maybe you've never read it, um, although if you have been a Christian, again, for any period of time, I hope that you make it through the whole Bible. I think that is an essential part to get a full big picture of God, and there's so much good stuff everywhere that shows us something bigger. So we're going to jump into it, uh, and I'm going to do a whole bunch in 2 Chronicles 20 as we unpack this. Uh, so it, right away, names and stuff that you're just like, I don't know what that means, that is fine. I'll give you context, but... So, 
Second uh, Chronicles 20, starting in verse 1, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Muonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came, a baby name by the way, just you can write that down if you're like, that's a good one. Uh, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom from the other side of the Dead Sea. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. So, Jehoshaphat, current king of Judah, main supporting character in this account, all right? And I say supporting character because every story in the Bible is actually about God who is the main character. All these characters, they're just supporting characters, painting a picture for God's bigger story. So what does this story tell us about God and our relationship with him? Well, first off, Jehoshaphat gets bad news. You are about to be attacked. People are coming for you. He gets bad news, and the first thing he does is prayer and fasting. First response. What is the first thing you do when you get bad news? It's a good question. What is the first thing you do when you get bad news? Oswald Chambers says this. We tend to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. Most of us would prefer, however, to spend our time doing something that will get immediate results. We don't want to wait for God to resolve matters in his good time, because his idea of good time is seldom in sync with ours. (laughs) Prayer and worship should be our first response. Continuing in verse 5, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? Okay, so he's just like, here we go, guys. We're going to focus in. I'm talking to God. I'm, I'm talking about who he is. Uh, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Now, God already knows what he's done. God is very, you know, he's saying, you are this, you are this. And God's like, oh, right, I am. I forgot. He doesn't forget. He knows who he is. What is he doing? He, for himself and everyone there, is reminding them and reminding himself, this is the God I'm praying to right now. The one that I know can do this and this and has done this and this. I'm going to stir myself up. I'm going to remind myself of what he's capable of. So when I bring my request, I'm already in a mind frame that says, my God is big and he can do this. He's got this. Verse 10, but now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And here we go. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Every one of us has been in this position, a tough situation where you've got choices to make and you don't know what to do. I think this is an amazing sentence that we really should adopt into our tool belt. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Can we just say that? Just repeat after me. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Man, that is, that, there's your prayer right there. I don't know what to pray, God. I don't even know how to start. I don't know what to do but my eyes are on you. I'm going to start with that. Verse 13, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel as he stood in the assembly and he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. 
All right, so God gives a word to one of them, and he stands up, and he's like, this is what God's telling us. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So we need to remember, the Lord fights for us. You don't have to do this on your own. And you might be thinking, it's like, I can't fix this relationship, or I'm still struggling with health, or I'm over my head financially, and I don't see a way out, but my eyes are on you, God. I don't see the way out, but my eyes are on you. This is your fight. I'm your child. I believe you can walk me through. And even if I don't get the answer I desire, I know you are at work, and I don't have to be discouraged in the midst of this. And Jehaziel continues, and he says, tomorrow, so again, just like the download he's gotten from God, he's like, here's what we got to do, guys. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them uh, at the edge of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Man, just soak in that wording. Take up your position, stand firm, don't be afraid or discouraged, and face it. Just apply that immediately to the thing that is not, the thing you walked in here today or the thing you've been thinking about all week and it's just resonating, you're like, can you get, I'm trying to focus and this thought just sticks with me. Maybe that's a thing that you need to attack today. Maybe that's a thing where it's like, I'm going to take a position, I'm going to stand firm, I'm not going to be afraid or discouraged, I'm going to face this. And maybe it's time to face things, struggles or situations in your life and the baggage that maybe you walked in here with today. And to say, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And you're going to have a chance in a few minutes when we sing to face things. And just to declare, enough is enough. Like, shut up, devil. I'm done with this. I'm done with the hold you have over my family or this addiction or whatever it is. You already know what it is for you or people you care about. And it frustrates you. It consumes you. I don't know what to do. Okay. Then let's fix our eyes on God. And let's see what he can do. Verse 20. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men, pay attention, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So this is an interesting military tactic that maybe you've never seen played out before. You know what we're going to do, guys? Worship band. You guys are taking the lead. All right? Move back. Broad, okay, broadswords. Everybody with the broadswords, step back. Everybody with the spears, step back. You know what we need right now to take charge? More cowbell. Dun, 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 dun. Right? That's what's leading the charge. We need more cowbell. Uh, uh, uh. What a bizarre thing to say. Like, the front lines is the worship band. Think about that, though. Worship led the way into battle. Worship led the way into battle. Verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir. So these are the guys that were supposed to be working together, all three armies. Uh, they rise up against uh, the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. 
When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked down towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. Sweet. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. This is why it's called the Valley of Baraka, which means praise to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. So the point of this bizarre historical account is not be like Jehoshaphat. The point is, look to God. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. No matter my situation and the battle I face, I will let worship lead the way into that situation. God said he's got this. I don't know how he's got this, because they still had to march. God hadn't told them what he was going to do exactly. This is like, I got to step into this situation, and I don't know. God says he's got it. I don't know how this is going to play out, but I'm going to let worship lead the way and just believe that God's going to walk me through this. Worship is war. We got to step into it. So five points, what worship does. Uh, you can follow along in the church app if you want. All the points are on there. If you don't have the church app, you can get it. You can do the messages because I also put something extra in there uh, that you might want to look at later. But five ways, uh, five points what worship does. Number one, worship brings a victory. We see as they began to sing and praise, the enemies were defeated. And I believe worship has the power to break down strongholds, to declare greater reality, and to set people free. Number two, worship confuses the enemy. Jehoshaphat's army sang and confusion broke out. And I believe that's supernatural imagery for how we are meant to live. Where we sing to the Lord in a circumstance and the enemy's like, wait, what are they doing? Like I, you know, the enemy's at work trying to just like get us distracted, right? Undistractable, getting us distracted, eyes off of God. And yet we're dialing in when it makes no sense when we have all these things. And he's like, wait, no, shoot. Now I, what am I going to do? I think it can confuse uh, the enemy. And when we focus on Jesus and let worship leader lead the way, we disrupt the enemy's plans. Number three, worship turns the plans of the enemy into possibility. Worship turns the plans of the enemy into possibility. They come and they find great treasure and plunder and they call it the valley of praise. And if, if you even think like if you've read the story of Joseph, who faithfully trusted God through terrible circumstances that weren't his own fault, he was stuck in these things. He declares at the end of the story what, enemy, what the enemy meant for evil, God used for good. What might be on the other side of your story? What the enemy meant for evil, man, I can see like all this stuff going on. God's going to use it for good. Number four, worship brings joy. The men return joyfully from battle. And I think something can rise up in you when you have sung it out to God, regardless of the outcome. Whether you've seen the end result or not, it's just like, oh, God's got this. I'm going to celebrate the things he's already done. I'm going to celebrate in advance the things I haven't seen yet, but I know we can. And then number five, worship brings peace. The kingdom was at peace. God had given rest on every side. And I'm not guaranteeing, by the way, that you just sing a song and magically you have no problems anymore. It's 
It's not how it works. But I do believe that God can and will bring peace to you when you choose to worship in your circumstances as you approach something. Oh, I know it. I just, God won't let this thing go in me and I know I got to go talk to this person. You've probably had something like that, whatever the situation. I just, I know I got to confront this coworker, this family member, this friend, whatever. I don't know how it's going to go. I need some worship first just to like stir my spirit, get me ready, whatever it is. I believe that worship music can create an emotional response that stirs the soul. Now, it's not all about the emotional response, but I do think that's a part. They're like... The Spirit of the Lord can consume us and stir us up and the fruit, you know, just the things inside of us, joy and, and even like a righteous anger sometimes for things that shouldn't be the way they are. Like those things can get riled up in a good way and make you care just a little bit more, make you want to fight a little bit harder. Um, it really has power. And, you know, we have, we have a battle to fight and we need some rally cries um, and some truths to cling to. And I just think music helps us let loose. Like, man blasted in your car or whenever like just there's got to be times where you're just like i'm cranking this i'm either singing along or i'm just like absorbing the words but i need this i mean think about it like we use pump up music at the gym like you just like i need it in my head because now i'm I'm, i'm ready why don't we have pump up music for our souls i think worship music is pump up music for your soul it's like let's do this Turn up that worship song. I need, to, I need to get my heart ready for the day or I need in the midst of stuff. Man, let me just say this. This isn't a concept to me. This is lived experience for me. I'm not just up here saying, hey, here's an idea. I'm talking like I have seen this play out in my life in so many ways. When my daughter was three years old in the hospital with a life-threatening illness, worship music was just playing all the time. Like we just needed an atmosphere of faith. And we saw a miracle come out of that. Man, in the hardest season of my marriage, I remember just like, well, I've wrecked this. And I'm talking like, this is, I don't know, God, I don't see the other side of this. And I'm walking down a back road and I'm like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just cranking, cranking music in my headphones and just like, hey, God, I'm going to worship you because I don't know how this is going to work out. Spoiler alert, it worked out. Uh, till the next time, but God's doing good things. (laughs) Man, during COVID, when it was isolation and division and people leaving uh, my circle of friends and the church and all this stuff, like, I was so overwhelmed. Literally, the only time in my entire life I've had physical panic attacks was during that time, and I'm laying in bed, arms raised, just like, I I went through so many songs, I'm like, like, I can't, my heart won't stop racing. This is all I can think to do. And, you know, just, there are moments where we've just got to dial in, and I believe worship is war. It is a weapon that we have been given. It is a weapon. And, by the way, I hope that the only time, or I hope the, the only time you're listening to worship is not just the three whatever songs on a Sunday morning. Like, you got a plethora of stuff available on YouTube and whatever streaming music thing you listen to. There's so much good stuff. And in fact, uh, on the app at the end of my notes, I put a whole bunch of song recommendations if you just want to punch the devil in the face. In fact, I'll show you a picture here. Like these are, many of these are on my punch the devil in the face playlist. Okay. Spoiler alert, that's the song we're going to be singing right away. I speak Jesus, but we're going to talk about that. 
punch the devil in the face, shut up devil, enough is enough, I'm not giving you attention, there is too much happening in my world, it's, and I just, I gotta focus on Jesus, I don't know what to do, my eyes are on you, because the devil is the father of all lies, whispering, shouting at us, all around us, and it's just like, shut up devil, I'm gonna drown you out with praise, I'm gonna drown you out with praise, enough, James 4, 7 says, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Worship is war. Humble yourselves before God. Lift hands in surrender and actively resist the enemy. We must fight to focus so we can actually become undistractable. So worship. And today... You know, I just want to encourage you. It's like, it doesn't matter how, where, when you worship, but it very much matters who you worship. <laughs> We're all worshiping something or someone. Today, you have the opportunity to choose Jesus. Jesus, don't just be a sprinkling on my life. Be my Lord and Master and Savior and King and life source. But I want to invite us to pray. And then we're going to, and then I'll explain how we're going to go into the song. But I just think first, before you can properly worship or anything else, it's got to start with like, who am I worshiping? And I got to have a connection to Jesus. And so I want to invite us, can we just close our eyes and can we just take a moment and we're just going to, I just want to invite us to really to give our lives to Jesus, to hand over the keys and say, God, you're, you know better than I do. And maybe you're here and you've never prayed that. This is your moment to begin something. And we're all going to pray with you, especially even those who have already said yes, Jesus, because we need to just continually hand our lives over and we do this with you. And so I just want to invite you, if you want to pray with me, would you just say, Jesus, thank you for the price you paid, for the life you lived, for the way you made to free me by dying on a cross, coming back to life, creating new life. I receive that now. Forgive me of my sins. I lay them at your feet. And I look to you as my life source, as my king, and my guide. I worship you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What we're going to do is we're going to sing a song. It's called I Speak Jesus. Some of you may know it. Many probably won't, but it is an anthem or a declaration of the power of the name of Jesus that we can declare over every areas of our lives. And again, I just, as we get into this, you're going to be thinking about stuff. And I think that's good. Take that. I speak Jesus over fill in the blank in your life for you personally or the people in your life. This is the time where we, we are going to call on the name of Jesus over things like addiction, hopelessness, anxiety, depression, family dynamics. And as we sing, make it a declaration. If you've never prayed about this situation, now's the time. Worship is war. We can do it right now. And if you've lost momentum with unanswered prayers, stir yourself up again. We're just going to punch it up on the face. Not by focusing on him. He gets nothing right now. Jesus gets it everything right now. We are going to fix our eyes on God. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And so together, you know, again, if you don't know the song, you'll pick it up pretty quick, but this is a moment where it is about really just handing it over and doing what he's going to do. Let's worship.
just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is love break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like the fire i just want to speak the name of jesus over fear and all anxiety every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name Every 
got it and there's a fire building now it's time to apply this song as we continue to sing that you know jesus for my family jesus and like over the just apply it to whatever is going on in your life in your world this is the moment where we get to prove worship is war where jesus can stir our hearts to have fresh faith where we can see an answer happen in this moment i'm believing for physical healing i'm believing for emotional uh repair whatever it is we're just going to continue to just give god all things so that he can do what he wants to do let's do that again jesus message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.